You can open your Bibles to Acts. This uh, first couple months of the year, we're going to be jumping between Luke and Acts and various themes that the author Luke, under the direction of the Holy Spirit, leads us towards. But I want to start this morning, start the year, casting some vision for what we're doing and why we're doing it. Hope is the word to start the year. We can be very sure about God's will for hope in our life. In Romans 15, 13, Paul prays this, may the God of hope, the God of hope, which is kind of cool, God's filled with hope. (laughs) If you didn't know, he's not up there nervous, anxious, depressed, wondering how things are going to turn out. The God of hope, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you all may abound in hope. Abound, overflow. It's just coming out of you. And the picture there is God is full of hope and he wants to fill you up with his hope so that you overflow into other people's lives with hope. Just a beautiful picture. One of the things we can be abundantly clear, what is God's will for our life? Well, here's one of them, that his hope would fill us with hope to share hope with the world. As we start the year, God wants us to abound in hope. We did look at that at Christmas time. We talk about a firm foundation of hope. And in Christmas, we did see the rock-solid foundation for why we can be hopeful in all seasons. The first Christmas and the way that God fulfilled his promises to the people of Israel, and ultimately it would be the coming of the Holy Spirit, God's plan for salvation and redemption to the whole world. That first Christmas season showed this incredible faithfulness by God to fulfill promises and dreams that he tells us to ha- that he tells us we should have in him. And so every season now, our life is about living in that era of fulfilled hope that then gives us hope to say, hey, God's not done. The new normal in the Holy Spirit is the impossible is possible with God. That's a new normal for God's people. And so as we move into our year, this, this year together, it just, there's some, there's some powerful elements of hope. One, it doesn't honor God to just desire the status quo. Because really, if we're honest, to desire the same old, same old, just keep going through the motions of life, life with God, church, family, just to keep going through the same old, same old is another way of saying, I don't have a lot of hope. I don't have big hopes and big dreams for my life, for church, for my family. And it absolutely honors God to have big dreams that we're holding on to, that we're believing him for, that are those, 
those aspects of his will that he's made clear that he wants his kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven and be transforming every aspect of our life. And so we want to begin here this year and we want to share our hope as we've been praying for this church family and and asking the Lord, what's that next step? What are you doing, Lord? And how can we partner with you to see your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven in our lives, personally, as a family, as a church family? And so we want to share those hopes with you this morning and give some opportunity on how you can respond and be involved. And so one picture that I want to start with here. Yeah. Did you share everything? I want to share kind of like a prophetic sense yeah. of what you feel like God is. 100%. Yeah. So what I want to share right now is a, is a picture. As we were praying about this coming year, felt like the Lord gave us a, a prophetic sense, a, a picture, a, kind of that fresh word of like, what is God doing right now in our midst as a church family? And so we felt this picture of, of uh, it was like a bubble at first, like a little tent. You know, if you ever operate in that, it's, you know, you, you got to kind of listen and feel it and process it. But it started with that picture of like a tent, a house, a bubble, um, and inside a church family. Obviously represented our church family. And there was this sense, right, immediately that when a church family does the hard work of unifying around a, a mission and a vision and then following through with commitment and perseverance together that there is there's really no stopping what the Lord wants to do, that there's the impossible will become possible, that that church, that type of a church will learn what it means that the impossible is possible in God. And it was this it's this sense like that a truly united church becomes an, an unstoppable force for what God wants to do, for kingdom advancement. Absolutely. Yeah. And so this phrase, I believe that God's saying he wants to do that this year among us, that he wants to make this phrase real, that what's impossible with man What's impossible on our own strength is possible with God. And that's one of the exact promises that if we look back at Christmas, that Jesus, or excuse me, that the Holy Spirit did say to Mary through the angel Gabriel, that that's like the new normal. What's impossible with man is possible with God. And that that's meant to be not just for Mary, not just for Elizabeth, but a theme of as followers of Christ, that's what our life gets to be about. Jesus himself did reiterate that. He spoke it himself to the disciples. What's impossible with, or what's possible with man, impossible with man is possible with God. And we just have this sense that God's wanting to say, I want to show you more of how that actually feels, what that actually looks like. And there was a sense that the bubble was important. And not in the sense of we want to stay in a bubble, because that's not what we're about. We're a church that loves to get out into our community, loves to serve, loves to look for those opportunities where we can be out on mission. But there was a sense of this bubble for our church family that was key, and that was inside the bubble, there was a protection and a power. 
And the idea was that we're not meant to focus first and foremost on outside and what are the problems going on out in the world and let that set our agenda. Because obviously, we're not blind to the reality and none of us are that, yeah, the world's got problems. There's issues, there's struggles, there's wars and rumors of wars. Like Jesus said, there would always be. And we don't let the struggle set the agenda. The sense in the bubble was, God was saying, let my power within what I'm doing in individual lives and together as a church family, let my power change and transform and let it flow out. And it will ultimately affect the community and the world around you. So there was just a, a, a I, we believe, an increased sense of God saying, I want to share my power within the church family. So when one person receives a breakthrough, that's going to get passed to others. So when a, a prodigal son comes home or a prodigal daughter comes home for one family and they experience that breakthrough as that testimony is shared and experienced, others are going to experience. It's going to be multiplied. Or as someone experiences a, you know, a, a financial breakthrough and a job provision and they share that and it's, there's a testimony there, that's going to be passed on to others. Or as someone experiences a physical healing and they share that and we celebrate that and we steward that, that's going to be multiplied. Or as someone experiences that their friend or their neighbor, their coworker comes to the Lord through sharing the, the hope that they have, that as we share that with one another, as there's testimony shared, that that is going to be multiplied. And so there was this power or this sense of like in the bubble, it's going to get hot. <laughs> there's going to be a power and there's a, a multiplying within the church family as it's shared with one another, as there's a unity of the vision and it's shared with one another. There's just, it's, it's just this unstoppable power. And, and I know that sounds big, but it's this Hey, God says it, what's impossible with man is possible with God. I just believe that the Lord's saying, as we unite around those things and are devoted to God and one another, that he wants to show us more what it, what it means that what's impossible with man is possible with God. And that that will ultimately then spill out into the community around us. Would you build on that for me? Yeah. <laughs> It's on, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, <clears throat> so it was funny as Casey was sharing this very strong prophetic sense that he just shared. As he was sharing it with me um, over the last week, when we were talking about the message, um, <laughs> it was so interesting because he literally got through the first two sentences, I think, and he didn't get to the, to the big meat and bulk of what he was saying. And all of a sudden, I just felt like I got this word from the Lord. As soon as he started speaking to me, and I'm like, write this down quick, because I was doing dishes, or I was cooking, I had food, I think I had like ground beef all over my fingers, so I couldn't write it down. Taco and, salad, yeah. Uh, taco salad, <laughs> yeah, raw, raw meat that I was getting ready, but uh, as he, even before he got to the bulk of the message, I told him to write down all of this stuff, which I'll share in a minute, but what I loved is there was such a unity of the spirit, because what I felt so strongly from the Lord was exactly what he had written if I had just been quiet and let him finish. But it was just such a confirmation that this is what the Lord was saying um, and releasing over our church family. So we've really done a lot in investing in um, unity 
church family, um, you know, life groups coming together to try to um, just live out what we see modeled in the book of Acts as much as we possibly can to invite the Lord to help us to grow in that as a church family, to bear one another's burdens, to, um, uh, you know, just come together to pray for one another, to get prophetic words, to encourage one another, um, to be there for one another. And um, I really just had this sense that God is just that there's been a faithfulness that he's so pleased with and he sees the hearts and he loves the hearts. And there's now going to be a, um, an outpouring, I believe, and I feel strongly as we continue to invest and continue to get in these small groups and continue as, you know, um, did you already announce Awaken? As, well, as we get together to worship and as we get together um, just to dig in and to come together and to hold hands and to bring, you know, to intercede and to um, just ask for God's kingdom to come and break through on earth together as a family. I really feel like we're going to see the fruit that comes from believers holding hands in unity, saying yes and amen together with hearts that are together. Like the book of Acts, they Everything that they did was, they, they broke bread together. Everything was of one accord, and the Spirit fell. The Spirit fell in power. And I really believe that we are going to be seeing this year an ushering in of the Spirit that is, I believe, almost like a reward for the unity because um, Jesus in John 17, when he was praying for the church, he said, Father, I pray that they may be one as we are one. And he talked about how the world would see that we were his because we were one. But there's such an importance to God. There's such an importance with unity. Unity and kindness and humility and holding hands with one another. He did not design us to work, to be alone. We weren't supposed to all be um, lone rangers out there bringing the kingdom of God. He designed us to function as a body. It's such a beautiful um, example of, you know, there's, there's a head, there's a foot, there's all these organs, and they all work together. And um, I really believe we're going to be seeing God's goodness and kingdom pour out powerfully in this family where there's been so much unity and so much love and so much connectedness and togetherness that has been forged and is continuing to grow. Um, so I just want to share the words that I felt like I sensed. Um, what's ours is yours. What's yours is ours. Um, there was the sense, just the same as what Casey shared, that the words that we receive, the healings that happen, the testimonies that happen, that those were going to pass around like hotcakes going from one person to the next. That as those things are shared, that... Um, sorry, that was distracting. Um, amen. There's a heavenly siren going off. Um, and Lord, we just bless those people with your power. Um, and, uh, sorry, a little bit distracted. Um, hold on, my notes on my phone shut off for a sec. Okay, I'm back again. 
All right. Um, but just the sense of unity and, um, and a continuity. You know, when you think of um, an electrical device, you know, a power cord, there needs to be a continuity and the power continues. And I just sense that as we are continuing to live out and pursue unity with one another, that just as Casey shared, that there's going to be a continuity of the power of God that, ha- that is breaking through and also a multiplying. And I saw a picture as he was talking um, and sharing these things for the first time with me. I saw a picture of when Jesus multiplied the loaves and the fishes with the disciples. And um, there was an emphasis on the reality that they started out with a few loaves and a few fishes, just like you might start out with one testimony, one outpouring, one healing, one, one salvation. Somebody's, somebody's family member that they've been praying for for a long time comes to the Lord. You might start out with one, but as hands are held and it's passed through the body, just like the loaves and the fishes were passed through the crowd on that day, more was just produced. And I had this sense that as we continue to hold hands in unity, that there will be a power and a presence of the Lord in the midst of us and a fire as we share, as we each share the testimonies of the breakthrough that that we receive. I believe there's going to be a power from on high that we're going to see like we have never seen before and a continuity and a, I heard the word nonstop, not, what was the word? Let's see. It was um, nonstop not stopping. And I, and I just feel like there's going to be a movement of the Lord that's going to develop in this bubble of the church, but it's not stopping. It's not meant to be contained here. It's meant to explode from here and go out from here and make its way to the community. But I really feel like um, this is, that this is a promise from the Lord that this is a season where we're going to be seeing multiplying. All of the promises that we've been contending for, the dreams that we have, to see God's goodness come to earth in our in whatever ways that we've been contending, our jobs, our lives, our families, our health, our communities, the world around us, um, I really feel like there is going to be fire from the Lord. There's going to be a fire from the Lord and things are going to get hot, and we are going to see the kingdom of God come like a torch and blaze, and the torch is going to spread. That fire, that electricity is going to go from one person to the next in this church body until the whole place is set ablaze. It's, there's going to be nothing stopping it, and it's going to go out to the community, and I believe and know that there's going to be a revival in this community that's going to come from the powerful movement the drippings of the spirit that are and the fire of God that is alive and cherished in this place. Good. Yeah, I think we're good. <laughs> yeah. I agree. It was fun. It was fun uh, sharing this and just seeing like it was literally like within a couple sentences of me starting to share, and I had like you know several other key things she filled in the blanks with the key things 
And I was like, hey, look, I already wrote that down. <laughs> so it was very cool. So, you know, we take that as a confirmation, you know, that in our own separate prayer times of listening of what is God wanting to say right now? What is God wanting to do right now? And so if you want to break it down in just a, a couple simple words that you write down or, or meditate on, it's unity and devotion. Those are the keys that I believe the Lord is saying that the church that is united in the mission he's given us and devoted to God and one another will learn what it means that nothing is impossible with God. And that's a growing process. It's not, we're not, if you're, if you're new with us, we're not just like, oh, crazy. Like, we're, we, that's a growing thing. Like, you start small and you, you know, grow it like she's saying. Like, there's one healing testimony. Awesome. And then, you know, it multiplies and those kind of things. Yes, go ahead. We treasure. Yes. We treasure, treasure what he pours out. We praise him for what he pours out. As we're good stewards of what he's pouring out, it multiplies. Yes. Amen, amen. Would you read that uh, psalm? That was a good oh, one. Oh, yeah. I actually had, um, I had one a word that I wanted to share about cool. hopelessness. Do it. Okay. Yeah, so um, I also sense something in regard to hopelessness um, with our body. I, um, I felt like I saw a picture of a boat, a sailboat, kind of representative of all of us. Um, and I felt like God was saying to put up the sails, like the wind of the Spirit is coming. The wind of the Spirit is coming to take us to the promised land. Um, and I felt like that there are some sails, and I feel like most of us, if we're honest, we probably all have this, there were some sails with holes in them, just where hope has been deferred. And, you know, the enemy has taken ground, and you haven't seen the breakthrough where you wanted. And I just specifically felt like we all have areas of hopelessness. None of us has perfect faith. We all have areas where we need God's medicine. We need his healing balm, as my mom always said. We need him to repair that damage, to repair that hopelessness. None of us wants to feel depressed or like our faith has atrophied or like we don't have hope for the future because we've been holding on for so long and it hasn't happened or because the enemy won a war, won a battle in the past and we didn't see victory in something. Um, but I just felt like I saw this picture and I heard the Lord saying to put the sails out again. And for those of us that feel like there are holes there, and like I said, if we're honest, everybody's got some of those. But as the Spirit lights up your heart and as you're aware of the hopelessness that's there, I felt like I saw a picture of getting in the mush pot here in the body, get in the life groups, or when we, you know, when we do different prayer meetings, life groups are an awesome regular place where we bear one another's burdens and contend for one another to see breakthrough and to see the kingdom of God come through. But I felt like I just saw this picture of getting in the mush pot that person getting in the mush pot, having hands laid on them and being prayed for. And I saw a picture of those holes being just supernaturally healed. So I don't care how long you've been struggling with something. I don't care how long the battle has been, how hopeless you feel. I want to release that because I feel like that God is doing that right now. And even now during this service, I feel like God is healing battle wounds. Whoa. <laughs> I felt that very strongly. Battle wounds of depression. Depression. I just, it's lifting in Jesus' name. 
sails are being raised again, where the enemy has ravaged even the, the ropes and the parts to put the sails back up. I just thank you, God, that you have, you have been watching, listening. You have not left our side. You have been with us, that every evil and bad thing that has happened has been the work of the enemy, and that you are our savior, that you are on the move, that you are breathing life. You are breathing your holy fire, and you are bringing a vengeance for all that the enemy has has taken, you are bringing back tenfold in Jesus' name, in families, in workplaces, in lives, in our communities, in every cell in our bodies that need healing, that need wholeness, in our spirits, in places where we need inner healing. God, we thank you that you are on the move, that we're the, that you are ravaging what the en- where the enemy has laid his handprints that you are making all things new and you do not steal like the enemy. You do not kill. You came to do the opposite. You bring life and abundant life. And I just see that where the enemy has taken things and torn and torn stuff up, the Lord is coming and he is demolishing that work. He is bringing an end to that work. And I see his gentle hands as a potter on clay and he is making all things new. And so, God, we thank you for that. We, we, I, we agree with that. I agree with that, and we release that. We thank you that your mighty hand is moving right now, that you are touching hearts, that you are making that clay new and supple and healed and whole, that you are renewing, and you are making all things whole and well. And we thank you, Jesus, that you purchased all of this for us on your cross and that you are bringing wholeness right now as we speak and in our midst. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> you want to read that verse? Yeah. All right, so I didn't sleep last night. <laughs> um, I was just, uh, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to have a great time with the Lord instead of wasting my time trying to get myself to fall asleep. So um, this verse was pretty awesome. I found it last night, and um, 2020. That's the year we're in. It's kind of a, it's a neat phrase, 2020. It's like clear vision, you know, being able to see. Um, and, uh, and even as I say that, I feel like there's a revelation, light, that is presence, present in this year of God removing scales from our eyes and bringing newness. And I, and I felt like the Lord led me to this verse. This is Psalm 20. Uh, starting in verse 28. And I really felt like this was a promise for us that we can count on the Lord to be moving in this way right now. Um, So this is Psalm 20, starting in verse 28. And this is the Passion Translation. Um, I specifically love this translation for this verse right now. God, all at once you turned on a floodlight for me. You are the revelation light in my darkness and in your brightness. I can see the path ahead. So where there has been darkness, where we have been contending, I just want to release that. He is the revelation light in our darkness and in his brightness, we can see the path ahead. With you as my strength, I can crush an enemy horde, advancing through every stronghold that stands in front of me. What a God you are. Your path for me has been perfect. 
All your promises have proven true. What a secure shelter for all those who turn to hide themselves in you. You are the wraparound God giving grace to me. Could there be any other God like you? You are the only God to be worshipped. That verse kind of speaks for itself, but I really felt like the flood, all of those words, the floodlight, him bringing new light, him guiding the way, um, and I really felt his sweet gentleness and his spirit on that wraparound grace, the sweet presence of God, the kindness, the tenderness, the wraparound grace, and I, and I really, I'm starting to feel again just that sense of the Lord just encouraging us, encouraging his sheep, you know, to get into those life groups, get into, you know, when we do prayer times, just get into the body and get that Holy Spirit triage through prayer from one another. I really, really believe that there is a lifting off of yokes that we have been carrying, and there is a healing from the inside out that the Lord is going to be doing as we come together. Just as you were sharing, just uh, the picture of of holding hands, and maybe that's the a question or a challenge uh, for for all of us is who are you holding hands with? And if in in your mind within the church family, it's like oh nobody. Well, that that's the disconnect from the power source. You know, as as you were talking about that conduit of electricity and how God's transformation, His provision, His breakthroughs, His miracles, the work that he wants to do, it transfers, it passes, you know, like the loaves through the fishes, but there's a, a hand holding, a connectedness. And so just as you're walking away today, I think there's, a, there's this, that healthy connection or health, healthy question of who are you holding hands with? And in a sense, the, you know, the more you're holding hands with and you know that and, you're, and you, you've made that connection and you're strengthening that connection, that, that's a key, a huge part of what we mean by unity and being devoted to God and one another. It's we're holding hands in this together. We're, we know that we're a team, we're a body, a, a spiritual family, and as we're connected, that's where the power flows. So, cool. We good? Um, (laughs) what you just want to keep praying for everybody Uh, (laughs) I know what you want to do just want to have a prayer time yeah Um, (laughs) um, I'm trying to think because I know we're supposed to close out now I'm trying to think if I want it I'm just trying to sense and feel and Hear from the Lord. <laughs> oh, not right questions now. Questions later. Actually. Yeah, questions later. Um, so, I I want to share one last thing that I was sensing from the Lord. Um, the words, "You will see it. You will see it." There's just a sense that there's been a lot of long-time things that we have been, that people have been contending for. Um, And I just sense that there, I just sense a promise from the Lord of you will see it. 
you will see it and you will feel it. You will taste and see that the Lord is good. Um, I sense a warmth from the Lord, like, um, like this sense that, you know, you see a power cord and it hasn't been plugged into anything and you know, you believe that there's power in it and, or that it can work, but you haven't seen it yet. And I just, I keep getting this strong sense as Casey was sharing and as I'm up here that we will see it, that there will actually be a tangible warmth, a tangible, not just, I don't just mean warmth, but electricity, power of God, removal of what the enemy has done, upheaval of what the enemy has brought, and a delivering of the kingdom of God and a deliverance from all that we need to be delivered from. Um, and, and I really, really sense, along with Casey, the key to that is unity, to continue to grab those hands, to dig our heels in, to be honest with one another. Because when you get close to people, people get their feelings hurt. You think that someone, you know, I mean, we communicate very differently. It happens in our marriage all the time where I say something that I actually think is nice and he takes it as, I can't believe you said that to me. Or actually, it's usually the other way around. No, just kidding. <laughs> no, no. He's actually, he, he, he's probably better, he's better with words than I am. I can say things. Very true. <laughs> it's our, you know what? I'm, I'm happy with who God made me. I have a lot of gifts and he has a lot of gifts that I don't have and I have a lot of gifts that he doesn't have. And it's, you know, we're all in process. We're all growing. None of us is absolutely amazing at everything. So, um, but when you're in, when you do life together, there are going to be things that come up. And, um, and I feel like just an encouragement from the Lord to just be honest and say, hey, I know you didn't, you probably didn't mean this this way, but this hurt my feelings or this made me feel this way. And I want to encourage us um, just, what's the, what was the uh, safe communication? Yep. I want to encourage us for those that are new um, and for those of us who have been here and heard this sermon to go back and listen to the safe communication um, podcast sermon that Casey did. Do you know? I'll send out did? a link. Yeah, he'll sure. send out a link. But that is so important because the power of the spirit moves through unity as we are connected. There's a reason why the spirit fell in the book of Acts as they were in unity with one another, as their hearts were united, as they were of one accord. There's a reason why the spirit fell. And the best way to stop that movement of the spirit is to break unity. For there to be offense, for you to pull away, to... Um, Things like that. So that is one of the biggest devices that the enemy uses. So I just want to throw that out there. As we go into this new year, I believe that we will be seeing and savoring a move of the Lord like we have never seen before. I really believe that. Those aren't, I don't just say words like that. I believe that's in store for us. And what we need to do to be faithful on our parts is to continue holding hands and to keep that unity to keep that love alive, to keep that love burning. And when there's been, if there does come something like that, to share in humility along the same lines with what Casey shared in the sermon, which I'm not going to go into. But um, 
I really feel that's not the focus of what I was feeling, but I, I wanted to throw that out there because as we grow, as you grow in relationships, stuff like that just always comes up because we're just human and nobody communicates the same way and everybody makes mistakes and no one's perfect. We need a savior. Amen. We have one. Um, but, uh, <laughs> and God loves to restore and he loves to rebuild. And you know what? When the amazing thing is, is when you actually pursue a relationship like that, it always gets stronger. It always grows and it always gets stronger if you let the Lord in like that to rebuild. So, but I just want to encourage us to see this move of God, to see those sails with the holes rebuilt. We need to continue connecting and making it an avid pursuit to pursue unity, to pursue togetherness, to pursue pursuing the Lord together in unity. Um, and I, I really believe that we are going to see the kingdom come in mighty and powerful ways like we have never seen before. Amen. Yeah, I'm good. You're good. You are good. Thank you. So if you're writing and taking notes, just a couple key themes. If they're not already there, you can grab a seat now. Oh, Love you. Oh, I can. Thank you. Uh, Unity and devotion. Just write those down, meditate on them. Um, and, a, and a phrase, just to put it all together, believing what the Lord's saying, that the church that's united in mission and devoted to God and one another will experience what it means that nothing is impossible with God. And that that's what we're going after. That's what we want to be fighting for. So two quick things and then we'll close. I want to take us to, real quick to Revelation chapter 2 and 3. And I'm actually not going to read it because it's long, um, but I want to point that out as something to, to go back to as a point of reference. Um, the risen Lord Jesus has a message to seven different churches, and each message is different. And it's, very, it's a very interesting passage. The Lord affirms each church he has some correction. He has some encouragement. He calls for specific responses. And what, what is powerful to me about that, what's important is to just soak in the reality that Jesus has every local church on a specific journey with him where he's writing the story. And in every season, he's calling them to respond to him with what he's doing. And that's just a good thing to see, to know that it's not just general stuff that we're doing at church. Now, I believe as churches in the city of Menifee or the community or the valley, that we're one church, we're one team, we're one bride. That's, in, that's an important perspective to have. But the way that you also see Jesus treating local churches is that he has specific things for them. If you read through Revelation 2 to 3, he doesn't say almost anything the same to any church. There's specific encouragements of, hey, you guys are doing this well, great job. There's specific, specific corrections of, hey, this isn't going well. There's specific calls to action of, I want you to do this. There's, there's that sense of Jesus is saying, here's what I'm doing next in your church family. Do you want to get on board or not? And so I just take that as a cool encouragement that that's how God deals with local bodies of Christ. 
And in some ways, you could say that's what almost the whole New Testament is about. Every letter to a church, you take the Pauline letters, every letter is different. It's not because Jesus is different. He has the same ultimate goal and mission for every church, but the reality is every local gathered body of Christ is at a different place in that journey. And so you could look at Paul's letters. What he's saying is he's discerning, here's what the Holy Spirit's doing. Here's your next steps on the journey together. And there's this strong sense of you're a team. You're in this together. Jesus is doing something with you as a group of where he's wanting to take you in the next steps of him writing that story. And so that's what, you know, it's just a cool emphasis for us. What we're sharing this morning is what we feel like the Lord is saying to start the year for this Elevation family as we are together. This is what the Lord is saying the next steps are. Some of, of course, it's not everything, but how do we respond to that fresh work of what God is doing? And so that's where the unity and devotion, and those, though those are not new themes, we just feel like there's a heightened sense of the Lord saying as you continue and maybe even with a greater uh, intentionality, work on that, that unity and that devotion God is wanting to say, I'm going to show you what this means to do the impossible in your midst. And so we want to steward that well. One other key piece, uh, Don referred to a couple times, but it's just so crucial to see in the book of Acts, the themes of unity and devotion are huge. They are absolutely huge. In the verse, chapter one, verse eight, Jesus shares the, the, the mission, if you will, as he says to his disciples, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So there's, that, there's the team mission, if you will. And of course, we put ourselves under that big mission as well. But for us, we, you know, we have a little bit more specific. If you haven't seen our mission, it's this. We are learning to build a family of followers of Jesus, empowered by the Spirit, joining in God's mission to see the kingdom of heaven transform earth. So every aspect's important. We're learning. We don't have it all together. We want to take that childlike disciples posture that says, till the day we die, we we don't have it figured out. We're continuing to learn and grow together. And we want to build that family of followers of Jesus. Jesus is who we're following. No one else. We want to follow him. And we need to learn how to build that family together. We want to be empowered by the Spirit. If you're not having, <laughs> you don't got the Holy Spirit, it's like you're not breathing. I mean, it's like, come on. What's the power source all throughout God's word, especially in the New Testament, New Covenant? It's the Holy Spirit who's with us, empowering us. And we want to be a part. We want to join in with what God's mission is. What is he doing? What is he doing in our individual lives? What is he doing in our family? What is he doing in our church family? And what is he wanting to do out into the community and however far far a sphere of influence he wants to, to give us? We want to be about his mission of seeing his kingdom come and transform earth. And those are all you know, very biblical, very simple in some ways pieces of, of the mission that we have as a church. 
But what's beautiful is you see in, in the book of Acts, so how do they respond when they see that mission from Jesus? Acts 1.14, we see how they responded. Very simple. And now all of these, with one accord, were devoting themselves to prayer. So you see the unity and devotion right there. With one accord, they devoted themselves to praying for that, that mission to come into full fruition as Jesus had promised. And that word one accord is, is a great one. You can miss it a lot, actually, because it gets translated as together, but it's, that's kind of a weird translation. One accord, that's even like, what does that even mean? One, you know, accord, it's kind of not, you know, really language that we use a lot. My favorite translation, what it literally means in the Greek is with one mind or purpose. We've got the same purpose. We've got the same mission. And you see it a little bit later in, in the book of Acts in chapter 2, 42 to 47. Just want to read this real quick and we'll, we'll close it up. And they, so this is right after Pentecost, the Holy Spirit falls. Peter preaches that famous sermon that says, hey, this is the, the fulfillment of Joel chapter 2, the promise to come where God would send his spirit on all people and it would just usher in this new era of the impossible becoming possible. And so they responded. 3,000 people gave their life to Christ that day hearing Peter's sermon and the church is birthed. And here we go. So what does it look like? They devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to fellowship and excuse me and to the fellowship with one another koinonia is the word in the greek it literally is the word that would describe the the the, the commitment to relationship that married couples would have in the greek that's the word that it was used for koinonia so it's it's not a simply I'll wave and greet you talk about that hand holding of we are meant to, to have a committed, devoted connection to one another. And of course, it can't be with everybody on the same level, and you just, you know, you don't force people to be best friends. That's not what it's about. It's the, re the recognition of the commitment to relationship. And when you truly find those and you hold hands with one another and the Spirit empowers that, there is a, an impossible that becomes possible. So they devoted themselves to. Apostles teaching to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to the prayers. Awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together. That's the word one accord. They were of one mind, one spirit, had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to, to all as any had need. So that's a very high level of unity and devotion to God and one another. Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple. So most of your Bibles will say continuing together, but you kind of miss the whole point. It sounds like they just got together. Day by day, continuing with the same mind or the same purpose. Day by day, with the same purpose. in Meeting in the temple, breaking bread from house, house to house, taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God, having favor with all the people, and the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. So you see right in there a, a, a beautiful, very high level of unity and devotion. The unity to the point where it says 
the, the descriptor is having the same mind, having the same purpose. We know what we're going after. It's the mission that unites us. It's the mission that we want to see heaven transform earth in every aspect possible. We want to see the, 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 what's impossible on our own strength possible with God. And they united around that mission, and they were devoted to it. They were devoted to one another in very, very real and tangible ways. And that's one of the things that as we read through the book of Luke, hopefully a lot of you joined us in, in, in December, Jesus calls for a high cost of discipleship. Leave everything and follow him. The, the, the devotion that Jesus calls for is very high. Now it comes with, with great promises where he says, whatever you sacrifice for me, whatever you give up for me, it will be repaid in this life and the life to come. But he, at the same time, he says, if you try to hold on to your life, you're going to lose it. So you've got to be willing to bear your cross, lose your life, and you'll find it. And it will be the abundant life. And that, that's a high cost of following him. That is a high level of devotion. And that's just what Jesus calls for because he's worth it. And that's, that's the, the, what it takes to break off all the junk of the old life and truly experience the freedom and abundance that Jesus has. And we see that right into the book of Acts where it becomes, they devoted themselves to God and to one another to where this is what life's about. It's about seeing his kingdom come. It's not a solo mission. It's the body of Christ. It's not the finger of Christ where I just get to go out here and do my own little thing. No. And it's not just the, you know, the consumer picture of, of God where it's like, I'm going to add God in where it's convenient. Jesus says, no, you leave everything and follow me. It's not convenient. It's hard. It takes sacrifice for what is easy and comfortable. But it's the abundant life. It's a family on mission. And lastly, I just want to you know, point out here that they experienced the impossible. They didn't start by letting the world out there set their agenda. They didn't start with, oh no, look, we're oppressed by the Roman Empire. Oh no, we don't have freedom. Oh no, we're so small compared to them. Oh no, Nero is such a bad guy. Oh, we've got to, you know, march straight into Rome and, and take out Nero, and then everything will be good for us. Now they started in the little room, <laughs> tiny little room, 120 people, praying in unity, devoting themselves to Jesus in the reckless abandon that he called for. The Holy Spirit falls, empowers them, and then, little by little, they see the impossible becoming possible. And I think that's a beautiful picture of that, coming back to that, that bubble where he wants it to get hot inside as we fight for and strive for unity together and devotion to God and one another. He wants to make the impossible possible in our midst. So I'll close our time with just a, an issue of, of a challenge of sorts of how we can respond to God. And if you didn't get on the email list or didn't see the email, make sure you do. It'll be, all be there. 
We're entering into now in the, in the month of January. We want to challenge everybody to respond to God. Respond to what God's doing in our midst. It's what Jesus said we got to do all, every single time. He finished the Sermon on the Mount and said it's not just about who hears the word, but who hears the word and does something with it. And so we want to throw out a few things, a few opportunities of how we can respond to God, not to fill up our schedule with religious activities, but to say, how can we respond to what the Holy Spirit's doing? And as we start the year, say, I'm devoting this year to you, God. It's about your kingdom coming. It's about sacrificing some things of time, effort, and energy, because I want you more than anything else, God. And so a few ways that we can live that out. We are starting a church fast and feast, starting tomorrow morning, January 6th through 26th, we want to challenge everybody to three weeks where you give up something of time, effort, and energy in order to have more time, effort, and energy to specifically pursue God through reading his word, through worshiping, through praying. It's up to you on, you know, what do you want to do with fill in the blanks there? Giving up something, maybe it's social media. Maybe it's reading the news for such an amount of time. I'm not saying don't stay informed, we stay informed, but you know how that can be that. You get sucked in and those become your headlines. It's very clear the Bible is supposed to be our headlines. God's word and God's promises are the headlines from which the people lived. They didn't take it out there to say, oh, this is my headline. The hope of Jesus is my headline. So for some, it's a good cleanse. Just be like, I'm not going to spend so much time there. Maybe it's a food. Maybe it's a sweet. Whatever it is, it's setting something aside to say, I'm going to put that same effort and energy into pursuing the Lord in a, in heightened, in a heightened measure. It's reading his word. It's praying. It's worship. So we are going to challenge everybody to go through the book of Acts, one chapter a day, starting tomorrow. One chapter. Read on your own. Read with friends. Read with family. I'll be here Monday through Friday, 7.30 a.m. If you want to join me, I'll be doing a devotional on the chapter for the day. Just give a devotional, pray, bam, there it is. You can start the day with that. If you can't be here physically, we're going to be on Zoom where it's a video. We're just going through the book of Acts together. 2020 Vision Workshop next Saturday morning right here at 10 a.m. We want to spend some time specifically honing in our, on what are healthy promises that God is speaking into your life this year? And are you going into the year with a healthy set of hopes and promises in God? Like that old business adage says, if you aim at nothing, you probably hit it every time. We, want, we don't want to go into 2020 aiming at nothing in the spirit. We want to go into 2020 with some clear areas where we're saying, God, this is where I long to see your kingdom break in my life. Because a huge part of it is how the Lord's going to say, awesome, here's how I'm calling you to respond and partner with me in that. So that's this Saturday at 10 a.m. The following Saturday, we have an opportunity to get out into the community and serve at the domestic violence shelter. So there's online signups for that. Incredible opportunity to go and serve, just as Jesus mentioned, what he might call the least of these that are great in his eyes and his kingdom. We want to be out there just in practical ways, loving and serving those beloved daughters of God. Friday night here, January 24th, is, is an awakened service, 6.30 p.m., where it's just a nice extended time of worship. Just get to soak in God's presence. And then we'll be praying for the church. And as Don already mentioned, we strongly encourage that life groups become part of that regular rhythm of life of following Jesus. And those meet every other week, and there's info. Be happy to share it with you if you don't already know about it.
So those are a few to start the year. And again, it's not about religious activities. This is about how can we say, God, I am devoted to you above all else. I want to live 2020 with that, that abandon for you that says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what I want to be about. And we unite in that together. So let me pray and we'll, we'll close our time. I was singing